When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock, and we are discussing, of course, what else? Deshaun Watson and NFL deciding to appeal the six-game suspension that Sue L. Robinson handed down uh, on Monday. We are recording this on Wednesday. It's about 7 o'clock Wednesday evening when we're recording this. So, I mean, let's just start here. Let's lay this out, Mary Kay. Um, You know, we knew all along that the NFL had the right to appeal this. Uh, Roger Goodell or a designee will hear this appeal um, I guess here on Wednesday, where are we at now, and what can we expect to happen over the next few days? Well, you know, what I actually think might happen in all of this is that the two sides will come back together and try to come up with something that they can both agree on. You know, they they weren't able to in the 11th hour before Sue L. Robinson announced that she was making her decision on Monday morning. They really tried hard, but they just couldn't reach an agreement. But now I think there probably will be a lot of motivation for going back to the negotiating table and coming up with something that everyone can live with. And I think there are a number of ways in which you can do that. And one of the things is, if you remember, in Sue L. Robinson's 16-page ruling, she mentioned that last year when he was out for the whole entire season, he was not on the commissioner's exempt list, which would have counted towards a suspension. So if that's the case, then, you know, why don't they do something retroactively with that and take away a bunch of the money and, you know, and fine him, maybe not the full $10.54 million that he made last year, but maybe you could come up with a number that, you know, that everybody can agree on and count last year as part of the suspension. Now, I don't know if the NFL would go for that or not, um, but the fact that they took this hard-line stance and we know that they're going for the year again right now, I think they had to do it. I think they had to show uh, that they were not going to tolerate this, and there, there's too many women's groups that are, that are condemning the NFL right now. Uh, I, I think they were almost obligated uh, to at least take this next step. And I think the scenario you laid out is one I've seen floated before, and it makes sense. But I feel like if the NFL is doing this in part in response to public opinion, it feels like that still wouldn't be enough. Uh, like you'd get the same, well, you didn't put, he wasn't suspended last year. He just wasn't playing. Um, I, I think that would be a problem. Well, let's, let's get back to that negotiation thing because I think that's interesting. But Ashley, um, you know, we discussed this on the pod. When was that Tuesday? That that went up Tuesday morning. Like, yeah. for me at least, when I was reading the ruling, my thought was, had I not known the outcome, I would have thought, oh, he's getting a year. Yeah, the NFL won. He's going to get a year or the indefinite ban, I should say, or indefinite suspension. <laughs> ban is a completely different thing, as Mary Kay <laughs> has laid out on our podcast before. Well, let me clarify that real quick. 
sometimes I use ban and suspension interchangeably. The word that is, is different is banished. Mm. If you are banished, that's different right now from a regular suspension or even an indefinite suspension. But sometimes I do use ban and suspension interchangeably, mm -hmm. even though I know it gets murky. So the, I guess where I was going is the NFL. Like I said, have I, had I not known the decision when I was reading that, and I just started at the beginning and was reading through, I'm like, oh, he's getting a year. Obviously, I knew he wasn't going to get a year. But I'm sure the NFL is thinking the same thing here, Ashley, where it's like, we read all this. You said that we proved what we needed to prove but you still didn't give us what we wanted. It, it, it always kind of made sense that they would appeal this if they think they had a chance. Yeah, and again, like, in Sue L. Robinson's report, nothing, like you said, Dan, about that report exonerates Deshaun Watson. It says clearly that the NFL proved their point for all three points they were arguing, the sexual assault allegations, that he put other people in danger, that he made the league look bad, all of those things they did successfully. And like we talked about on the podcast about her ruling, the biggest thing with her was precedent. And she really weighed that heavily, and it kind of makes sense because she is a former federal judge, and that's what they do. But I do think, like, given the, she called this the most egregious example of a disciplinary issue like this, um, and she outlined that very clearly and that the NFL can do what it wants because it is a business. So I think all of that stuff is kind of working against Deshaun Watson's favor. And uh, it makes it, like, really obvious to see why, like you're saying, the NFL probably thinks, like, they have a pretty good chance at this now to, once they file the appeal. So, Mary Kay, I want to go back to the negotiation. And I wonder, let's, let's just say the, whole, the NFL will, won't entertain the idea of kind of counting last year as um, a suspension and just fine him. Mm -hmm. um, so let's just take that off the table for mm -hmm. the purpose of this discussion. Right. Is there a number these two sides can come to that, they would, that would work? Because to me, it's all like Deshaun Watson has made it clear he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Right. Uh, you know, and he, did, he has ultimately settled all but one case. But he's made it clear that he doesn't think he did anything wrong. The NFLPA has obviously defended him. That's what they have to do. Um, the NFL obviously wants a year. It just seems like if the NFL even said to them, let's do 10 games, I don't know. Would Deshaun Watson's side be game for something like that? It just feels like that would be too much of an admission of guilt almost. Yeah, I, I really don't know that they would accept that many. I think that they are uh, prepared for a battle right now. And uh, the NFLPA, I, I think that, uh, that they will threaten to sue, and we will probably hear something from them relatively soon about what they plan to do. They haven't been quiet about this throughout the whole entire process. So I think that, um, you know, that we will hear their intentions sometime soon. And again, I do think that will bring the two sides uh, to the table. And if they cannot agree on anything... I mean, Roger can, can, you know, meet out whatever he wants. He can right. impose 10 games, 12 games, the indefinite suspension, which we know that that's what the NFL is arguing for. That's what they want. And that's really the only thing at issue in an appeal. It's not all the facts of the case or any of those things. It's just the length of the suspension and the fact that there was no fine. The fine and the suspension, I mean, he can do whatever he wants with, with those two things and also put other conditions. So they also are going to require that he goes to treatment, or at least that's what the NFL is seeking. So um, I don't really know if there's a number that the two sides will agree on. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find that out because, you know, there, there is risk for both sides. And, you know, the risk for the NFL 
is that it ends up going to federal court and they somehow lose in federal court, even though Tom Brady and Ezekiel Elliott fought the NFL in federal court and lost, and they ended up serving their suspensions. You just never know. You never know. So that's their risk. Um, you know. And then the NFLPA risks this coming before Roger Goodell or his designee, and they say, and them saying, we're giving you the year and a $5 million fine or something like that or, you know, whatever, a $2 million fine. Um, so, you know, I, I think both sides should be motivated to sit down again and try to figure something out, but this is contentious <laughs> and it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, if you're, I mean, same question to you, Ashley, like if, if I'm Deshaun Watson, it was almost like, I don't think I deserve to be suspended, but I can live with six games. Yeah. But again, you get to eight, you get to 10. Now you've basically lost most of your season at that point. And I, I just don't, if he really believes that he didn't do anything wrong and doesn't deserve a suspension, could he really sit down and say, yeah, I'll just take 10 games? Yeah, and I mean, especially when you're talking about a player who already missed a year in, you know, in theory, his prime, like, age range to be an NFL quarterback. Like, these guys, we all know, like, the career span, like, the average career span for NFL players, like... That, I think, is part of it. I do wonder, kind of like Mary Kay's laid out, like, it's so contentious right now. I do wonder if there are going to be, like, people in his circle who are looking at this pragmatically and just, like, eventually everyone is kind of like, you know what, we don't want this to turn into a mess that is going to drag on for God knows how much longer. Have, you know, them and the NFLPA take the NFL to federal court. Like, the NFL might not want that. Watson doesn't want to risk getting suspended for, you know, a full year or indefinitely. Um, and, you know, it, it starts to become, I guess, when you're talking about it, pragmatic for both sides to maybe try and, and work out a deal. But it's understandable just because of how contentious this is and how, like, all or nothing both sides seem to feel right now, like, why that hasn't happened and why it's still not very likely. Because we know, like, the leaks were coming out that Deshaun Watson's side wasn't even happy with the six games that Deshaun thought he should have gotten nothing because he thinks he did nothing wrong. So that's kind of, I think, where things stand. And it, it's just really hard when both sides feel like at totally opposite ends of the spectrum. The other part of this too, Mary Kay, is this is, as we've talked about, this is the first one, right? This is the first one under this new collectively bargained process. And it almost, I think that plays a factor too. Like both sides almost want to Put their plant their flag as like we talk about precedent so much after what Sue Robinson wrote. Um, both sides kind of want to plant their flag and you know how this process should go. And the NFLPA was very strong about respecting Sue Robinson's decision, although I think they would have probably written something different if they would have thought the outcome was going to be different. Um, th that's part of this too, right? Like the both sides want to you know the NFLPA wants to make sure that Sue Robinson's decision carries weight, but the NFL. This appeal thing is in there for a reason. You know, they obviously won that somehow and put and got that into the CBA. So I, I don't know, that, that battle too of just this is the first, this is the precedent-setting case of all cases here as far as this new process is yeah. concerned. Yeah, and, and that's what I meant a little bit earlier when I said that the NFL really kind of had no choice but to appeal. I couldn't see them just sitting back and saying, oh, yeah, well, we really wanted a year or a minimum of a year and a fine and treatment and all these things, but we'll just take the six games, you know, whatever. I mean, no, the NFLPA fought for changes to the personal conduct policy in 2020. They fought hard for reform, and they got it. 
they got it the way that it is now, where the initial ruling is in the hands of an independent officer. So they got that, um, but they also got and agreed to the fact that both sides can appeal. And as you just mentioned, Dan, if the NFLPA wasn't going to like the outcome or didn't like the outcome, they wouldn't have felt sorry for Sue L. Robinson. <laughs> right. They wouldn't have felt sorry for the NFL. I mean, they would have fought, according to the policy, for their player. And that's what the NFL is doing. And I do think that, um, you know, they, they had to do this. They had to show that, no, we're going we're gonna to play this out. I mean, in the, in the, in the court system... People appeal all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So to appeal, there's no shame in appealing to get what you want. I mean, that's what that's what people do, mm-hmm. and that's what the NFLPA would do. So, you know, it's a battle, and, you know, I think that's probably an unintended consequence between the NFL and the NFLPA in this situation is for things to have gotten so contentious that, you know, here they are now battling out disciplinary decisions before – and not that it was good for the players, because Roger Goodell was the judge, jury, and executioner, but you didn't have this sparring publicly. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's just NFL PA versus NFL, and, uh, and it, it's, it's just very, very contentious. So I, I, I want to ask this, because I think a lot of people are... Um... I think a lot of people are wondering this, and this is something that has come up. If the NFL, if Roger Goodell says, hey, we're going to do the indefinite suspension anyway, even though Sue Robinson ruled this, the question, of course, is, okay, so what's the point of having Sue Robinson? Um, to me, I, I think that's a fair question. I also think there's more to it than just her saying he gets six games, right? Like, this appeal hearing is basically just anything that was presented in the hearing. There's no new evidence, you know, Roger Goodell didn't sit there and hear evidence. She did. Mm-hmm. And she made that ruling, and that's what they have to work off of. So I guess if you wanted to say what's the point of Sue Robinson's, Robinson, it is at least that. But, you know, Mary Kay, I'll ask you again, and then Ashley, I'll ask you. I mean, is, is it fair for the NFL? I mean, it's, it's fair in the sense that it's negotiated. It's in the CBA. But should the NFL be careful going against Sue Robinson and going against this process? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Because as I mentioned before, um, the the right to appeal is collectively bargained. And I don't think that you need uh, to worry about, you know, going against what Sue L. Robinson handed down. I don't think either side needs to worry about that. I don't think the NFLPA should have worried about that if they didn't like her ruling. I, I don't think either side should do that. I think each side should follow the policy to the letter of the law, and it affords the opportunity to appeal. And so I, I don't think, you know, making it seem like, Sue L. Robinson was, you know, just there for window dressing. I, I just don't think that. I just don't think that. Yeah, and I, I don't really agree with that notion. I think yeah. there is something to the idea of, well, she made this ruling, you know, shouldn't you have some respect for that? Yeah, I guess. But, Ashley, I mean, it, she did do something in this process. She is yeah. a significant part of this process, even if her final decision gets overruled. Yeah, and, I mean, like you said, they can't present any new evidence. It's all based on things that were presented to her and her ruling. Um, so that is part of it. And kind of like Mary Kay said, I don't think it's unfair because, again, this was collectively bargained. This is part of the process. 
Um, but I will say, like, if we're talking about the system itself and what was bargained, obviously, I think, again, we kind of see why the NFLPA really was trying to fight for the order of this, right? Like, in a perfect world, I think, for them, it would be the commissioner or a designee decides the initial suspension and then an independent arbitrator or disciplinary officer hears the appeal and then they have the final say. And again, that's similar to what they do in Major League Baseball, um, but it, it's kind of understandable to me why the NFL wouldn't budge on that and if they this was the best they could do, um, it's better than what it was previously, but this is the system that they're in. So I think it's certainly fair for the NFL to appeal this. It's their right to do so based on what they bargained. And the, and the other thing is, if she had come down with um, a 10-game suspension, which, you know, it was conceivable, yeah. that might have stood, right? Yeah. I mean, that might not, it might not have been worth anybody to appeal that. Or maybe even eight games. Who knows? I mean, maybe even eight games, uh, you know, that might have had, you know, just sort of a half the, half the season sort of vibe. And, you know, maybe that would have been more acceptable. Um, but, it, you know, I think the important part of what she did was she found that he, you know, that the NFL proved that he did these three things, that he violated the policy in these three ways. And so once that's established, the only thing that's at issue then is the length of the suspension. So the NFL is just like, well, you know, it's almost like she opened the door mm-hmm. Uh, for saying, well, yeah, this was egregious, and yeah. this is predatory, and this is all these things, but I don't feel comfortable going 10 because we've never, you guys have never done that before. And yeah, it felt, go, go ahead. Ash. I was just going to say, it's kind of like what Dan said earlier. Like, if you read this report and didn't have that final page first, which we all saw first, I think, like, you would think the NFL proved everything they wanted to, so it makes sense that she would then give the punishment that they recommended or something close to it. Um, so I think that's just like, I don't know, it, it makes it so difficult, but it makes sense why the NFL, again, like feels like they have a shot at this, I think, because Sue L. Robinson may care about precedent, but like, I don't think the NFL thinks about that the same way. If they change the punishment and say, give him a year, then suddenly there's a new precedent set for the next time this happens. And it discourages like, you know, this kind of alleged behavior from happening in the future, I think, too. And I, I don't know, it felt to me like she was trying to get as many games as she could out of this. That's what I felt kind of reading her decision. And I also think it mattered that she specifically pointed out this is the most significant suspension for this type of violation um, that the league has ever handed out. So even though six games, everybody's saying, well, it's it's not very much. It's it's not as much as we would have liked. Not everybody, you know, people who, who wanted more. She seems to view this as a pretty significant suspension, which tells me that if she could have gotten to eight, if she could have found a way to get to ten, maybe if she could have found a way to get to indefinite, she might have gone there. Well, coming from the court system, the federal judicial system, she's to the letter of the law. She is very, very big on precedent. She's very big on precedent and and details. And I, and I think the precedent thing, it was the whole key here. Mm-hmm. And I think the NFL is trying to say, there's no precedent for the sheer yeah. volume of accusations here. So therefore, we're not too worried about precedent yeah, in this case. But she's still operating, you know, from that standpoint. So, um, so therefore, you know, it, 
it made it very challenging and, and very tricky. I don't think they're disrespecting all of the work that Sue L. Robinson did. And Sue L. Robinson is brilliant. I mean, she uh, has had a tremendous, tremendous career. I, you know, I just think that she was coming at it from a, a place of, you guys have never done anything like this before, mm-hmm. and we're going above and beyond the call of duty with the amount of games here based on what you've ever done before. NFL saying, wait a minute, we've never had something like this yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And so. it's like they, they know their own system better than anyone in theory. And again, like you said, maybe, kid, maybe. They're, they're maybe we think. <laughs> there is value in having somebody in, who, who is independent looking at this and saying, like, yes, they proved all these things they've set out to do. But... Again, at the end of the day, she is going to be concerned about precedent because of who she is, because of how she ruled as a judge, because of how judges think, all those things. But like Mary Kay said, at the end of the day, these are so many accusations. And since, you know, she said, an independent person said, yes, the NFL proved that this stuff did happen, you know, in their version of beyond a reasonable doubt in this, you know, little system they have set up, um, it's... It, I think, works so highly in the NFL's favor in this case. So let's put on our legal expert hats. Um, as Ashley, you point out, it was tweeted out at one point, Browns fans went from being shoulder specialists to legal experts. Mm-hmm. Um, if this goes to trial, um, and again, none of us are lawyers, uh, it's pretty clear in the CBA that you know, when, when an appeal is heard, it is binding, it is final, that's that. And the reality is the NFL, I imagine, would just argue in federal court that this is our collectively bargained, you know, the, the NFLPA agreed to this. Mm-hmm. Their membership voted on this. Mm-hmm. So if, if it goes to court, there's two questions here. One, do you think Mary Kay, the NFLPA, has a chance? And two, are we going to see Deshaun Watson on the field this year? It's possible. First of I, all, I guess I should clarify. Are we going to see Deshaun Watson on the field before he actually has to serve a suspension this year? It's possible. <laughs> it is possible. And as we, you know, we were looking that up, and Tom Brady played the full year in 2015 and then served his, while this was all, you know, tied up in litigation, and then he served his four-game suspension in 2016. Mm-hmm. Now, as Dan just mentioned, when this gets to federal court, uh, the courts are going to look very strongly at your corporate policies, and they will probably abide by your policies. And this was something that both the NFL and the NFLPA, it's collectively bargained. It's, it's not even like, you know, this was just, uh, you know, something that the NFL put into place. This was a collectively bargained policy that both sides agreed to. So... I do think that it can be hard to win this in federal court, but some of it might have to do with where you file the True. lawsuit, okay? If you file it, you know, like if you file it in New York, you're probably not winning if you're the NFLPA. If you file it somewhere else, that, that could have an impact on the outcome of the case. So I think they will be very careful about where they, and very selective about where they uh, decide to file it. I also think that, like I said, because there is so much risk for both sides for it to get to that point, um, I, I think there there should be plenty of incentive uh, to sit down again at the at the negotiating table and and just come up with something that is going to work for everyone. And that's not going to be easy, 
but I think it would be much better than uh, dragging this thing through the court system. Mm-hmm. Unless the NFL thinks it's going to get what it wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, if the NFL thinks it can get a year and also, you know, upon appeal and then win in, in federal court, then, you know, it, it'll it'll take this thing to where it needs to. But um, I, I don't know. This is This is a tough one. So, Ashley, is it almost better for Deshaun Watson? Like, the NFLPA probably wants to fight this and, and probably would ultimately fight this. There's probably some level of responsibility. They would, they would have to, to go to federal court. But would it almost be better for them, as much as they might hate it, to just say, you know what, we'll just take our medicine and Deshaun will be back on the field. Let's just, if it were an indefinite suspension, he'll be back on the field next year. He's not going to lose that much money. Because there is a scenario where maybe he does play eight games this year or ten games or maybe he plays a full season, but then he's suspended next season. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that would happen, but there is almost, I think, a feeling, and some of our texters even yeah. replied to us, like, it would just, we'd rather than just miss games early in the season than late in the season. Would it almost just be better from a football standpoint to just take whatever the punishment is and get it over with? I don't know. I don't know that they view it that way, but I just keep coming back to, I think, like, for him, the best shot at him getting on the field sooner rather than later, I think, is trying to sit down with the NFL and handle, like, ha- hammer out uh, an agreement because, like Mary Kay kind of laid out, like with these other cases, Ezekiel Elliott, Tom Brady, when that those go to federal court, they didn't win because the policy is very clear. The collectively bargained policy is extremely clear, and that's what they're going to be looking at, not whether or not it's fair that Deshaun Watson got X amount of games for um, what he's accused of doing. So I just keep coming back to, at the end of the day, even though he's adamant that he did nothing wrong, he's maintained his innocence the whole time, isn't even happy with the sixth game, supposedly, I think at the end of the day, settling this might be best. And you kind of just like, like you said, Dan, like if the NFL feels like they can get what they want, maybe they're not open to that. But if you can kind of hope like they just don't want this thing being dragged through the mud any longer than it has to be, um, then maybe you can get something done that works a little better for everybody. Yeah. I mean, Mary Kay, if you, if Deshaun said to you, Hey, tell me what to do. I, uh, I need some advice. Tell me what to do. Would you just say like, sit down, negotiate 10 games and just get it over with? Yeah, I think 10 games would be a, a good landing spot uh, for, for all involved. It still gets Deshaun on the field this season for seven full games. Yeah. That's still a lot. That's still an opportunity for the Cleveland Browns to achieve their goals this season. Seven games, and when you're in that final home stretch, that's when those games really count. Jacoby Brissett, uh, with this roster behind him, and the uh, easy first four games – can hold down the fort for the first 10 games. I, I think that they can win some games. There are some winnable games on there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I still think that, you know, that they can make, uh, you know, that they can make it work and, and try to go to the Super Bowl, uh, which they really want to do this year, if he played the final 10 games of the season. Um, I think the NFL obviously would, st- they don't like what happened with the contract restructuring. Uh, they don't like the fact that it has not hurt him financially. So I think he's going to have to agree to give up some money. And yep. maybe some of that money goes directly to women's groups, mm-hmm. right? I mean, maybe somehow, some way, uh, you know, that becomes part of it. Uh, but I think 10 games and some kind of a fine to sort of make up for the fact that he is only missing 
$57,500 per game instead of potentially the millions he could have lost per game um, or the hundreds of thousands per game. So, um, so yeah, I would, I would accept 10 games and a, a substantial fine and then get on with your career. And that's why I'm glad you brought up the fine thing because I've been thinking about that too because, again, going back to Sue L. Robinson's decision when she was saying things that were working in Deshaun's favor, one was his outstanding reputation prior to all this, the fact that he's a first-time offender, and she mentioned that he had paid restitution. So it seemed like she really like weighed heavily the fact that he settled a lot of these cases. Um, and I know like the fine, Mary Kay, you reported, what was it, like an $8 million fine or something that the NFL was yes. pushing for initially before her ruling came out. Like maybe if it's heftier than that, you just like kind of suck it up. I guess at that point it becomes how much are you willing to give up to get on the field sooner? Right, and he's done it already with yeah. twenty three of the twenty four lawsuits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's he's settled on those, so maybe maybe he would be willing to uh, to do that. Also, for, can we say he's a first time offender if there are twenty four? I know that was that was definitely a, I think kind a of part a, of the report. I understand what she's saying, but yes. it's also kind of like it's a part of the report that you understand why there's criticisms for, yeah. right? Like another thing that the report was criticized for was this differentiation between nonviolent sexual assault versus violent sexual assault. There are things in that report that I definitely think you are able to validly criticize, and that's definitely one of them. Okay, anything else? You know, you know what, let's just say, I mean, I think we should let people know what we're seeing out here with our own two eyes about Deshaun. Yep. So we did see him out there doing what he does after practice, which is he works on his footwork a ton. Um, and, and then he usually spends time uh, signing autographs. And we've taken some criticism for showing him signing autographs, but we think it's important, at least I think it's important, I will just speak for myself, I think it's important to show people what's going on out here with Deshaun. How is he being received? How are people receiving? reacting to him. It doesn't mean we're saying, oh, isn't this so great? I yeah. mean, we are just trying right. to uh, paint the picture of what's happening. And I think people are curious to know what, you know, how are, you know, what do fans think? Now, a lot of them are young fans and they don't really know what's going on. And they're diehard fans, like you die pointed out, the right. ones who come to training camp yeah, are. The, the, yes. You know, if there were people in the corner of the facility holding signs protesting, we'd take video of that yeah. too and shoot yes. photos yeah. of that. So. I think it's just about, like Mary Kay said, like we view us, are, like I view myself as the eyes for the people who are not here. Like, and we're kind of just trying to show what this environment is like right now. And it's weird and it's unprecedented, but it's not like Mary Kay said, endorsing this and saying like, oh, how nice. Like we're not really adding that commentary. We're just showing how people are reacting to him. Right, and, and people deserved, you know, to know and they, you know, they should know what, you know, what it's like. And so, you know, we're trying to provide some of that. But um, Deshaun, for the most part, I mean, up until at least today, um, and we, you know, we don't know how he's going to react. Tomorrow is an off day, uh, the day that you're probably hearing this, unless this goes up on Wednesday while we're taping this. But um, tomorrow's an off day, and then we'll see what the demeanor is, is like. I mean, there's a game coming up. But for the most part, he's been... You know, he's been into it. I mean, he has he has not seemed distracted. We have not talked to him at all in this camp. Mm -hmm. We've not talked to him, and we probably will not talk to him until the final resolution of the discipline. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what he's thinking right now. We can only go by what we see. And he's very interactive with his teammates. He's interactive with the fans. It seems like his spirits are up. Um, but, you know, we don't know that for sure. Uh, but for the most part, 
I mean, he's he's out there. He, you know, he's practicing. He, he looks pretty good today. I think was you know it was really hot and it was a little bit of an off day for everybody. But for the most part, uh, for him on the field, it looks like business as usual. And you know, I will add, you know, again, and kind of showing what we see and telling people what we see. This was the first day where he didn't flap, I guess, but like you saw a little bit of a because he found out on the field mm-hmm. while we were all out there and while there were, there were military families and, and military folks waiting to get signatures from players. He did his footwork, he did his post-practice work with the quarterbacks, and then he went over and he talked to the VP of communications and I mean, you could tell that they were that he was being informed, hey, the NFL mm-hmm. appealed this. Sure. And you could see his body language. It wasn't anything extreme, but you could just see in his body language, like, okay, he's, he's finding out. Mm-hmm. And I think you could tell a little bit. I think we all have videos up on our Twitter feeds of him coming over and signing a few autographs. Mm-hmm. You could tell that, okay, he just found out about this. Mm-hmm. He wasn't real thrilled about it. Um, you know, and he did cut it short. Like, he only signed for about half the line before yeah. they sort of ushered him off because, obviously, you know, we were out there, and he was asked if he had any comment, and he kind of got ushered into the locker room. So that part of it looked different, but that was more of a timing thing than, than anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's weird uh, to find out your fate while you're standing out in the middle of a very public yeah, there's fans, there are still fans there. And like I said, we were all standing there because yeah. players were signing for, for military members and, and their families, so we were all taking videos and photos of that. So, um, like, everybody was out there when yeah. he found out. Yeah, so, it, you know, it was, it was kind of a bizarre scene. It, it really was. I mean, if this had happened a half an hour later, of course, we would not have seen any <laughs> of that yep. at all. I mean, it happened, you know, at, at you know, just kind of a, an awkward time for him uh, because it was so public. But, um, but anyway, so I just thought, you know, giving a little color of, of some of the stuff that we saw and what we are seeing in him uh, is useful information. And just, just to reiterate, I, you know, I know I agree with Doug on this. Ashley, I think you, you've said you agree with him on this too. But Mary Kay, you weren't on our pod Monday, was it Monday night? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Doug basically said, like, Fans shouldn't necessarily be criticized because they want Deshaun. Like, the fans didn't make this decision. Right. You know, mm-hmm. kind of leave leave Browns fans alone a little bit. Like, right. they didn't make this decision. They were put in whatever awkward position they're in. If they want to root for their football team, they're allowed to root for their football yeah. team. And like, the people that's, who, that's the choice they can make. The people who don't want to root for them anymore, I think that's as equally yeah. understandable of a decision because this is a lot. You know, I've heard from a lot of fans on social media, especially, that just are feeling the fatigue. Like, fans want their football team to be fun, and there's no denying that no part of this is fun. Um, and it's just so unprecedented. But, yeah, it's like if you're going to criticize anyone, you could criticize, I think, Deshaun Watson's fair game, the Browns' front office is fair game, all the people who are involved in these decisions are fair game. Uh, but it's not the fans, you know, who made this happen. Uh, the Orange and Brown Talk podcast uh, recapping the day in Berea, which, of course, was all about Deshaun Watson and the NFL sus- uh, appealing his six-game suspension. So we'll have full coverage of it all, as we always do at Cleveland.com slash Browns. Uh, we will be back I mean, I guess we'll be back on Friday. We'll see what happens on the off day on Thursday, but uh, we'll likely be back with our normal-ish practice coverage on uh, Friday after the off day as we start to barrel into that first preseason game. So just make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts. For Ashley and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.